Hi there, everybody. My name is Karen Abramson, and I live here in Israel, but I'm originally from England. I have been keeping a diary since I was a very young girl, and every single day I record what's happened during the day. Of course, this year, 2020, is a very unusual year. This is my COVID diary. I want to share this with you, my COVID diary, and I hope that you would like to share your COVID diary with me. Hi, everybody. It's Karen again, back here again with yet another one of my COVID diaries. Um, how are you, Rob? I'm good, Karen. How are you doing? Yeah, great, great. You know, uh, still COVIDing, but we're fine. We're okay. I know. We're sort of we're sort of still in this halfway house here. We haven't sort of come out of lockdown, but we haven't fully come out of lockdown. I know. It's just going on and on and on. On and on. It's really Groundhog Day. I know. I can't wait to have the vaccine. I think, <laughs> I think I will. I'm not sure, but I think I will. I think yeah, I will, I will. Even though I've had it. Um, yeah. they're, they're saying only three to six months of antibodies. So a bit depressed about that. That is depressing. Yeah, well, I've definitely not had it. And so, yeah, I'm going to... As soon as they give me that jab, I'm there, honey. I can't remember where we're up to in terms of dates at the moment. Well, we're now in May. And I've put here in the beginning of May, well, it's now May, and it appears that nothing much is going to change at the moment. Martin wants his PA to come back to work now. Uh, just to explain, well, you know, but I'll explain to everybody else that actually we have, um, um, Martin actually works from home. And, and I've said here that I'm secretly sad. I've become almost insular. I have to confess that my world has become so small. Martin and Marky, my dog, are the center of that world. And as long as I have daily phone calls and FaceTimes from my kids, I'm quite content. and don't really want to share my life or space with anyone else. I know that I shouldn't really be like that, but I've secretly, ra secretly rather enjoyed the past six weeks. And when I talk to Nicola, she's also enjoying having the family around her and is not complaining at all. It's one of those early benefits that I think we all felt that, you know, we're all busy and we've all got our lives and our kids have got their own lives. And, um, you know, we, we're sometimes like, you know, ships in the night and uh, um, just having everyone in the nest again did have its initial benefits. I'm not sure it's remained that way, but um, definitely there was more feeling of getting to know each other again when we're around each other for so long. That's what everybody has said. Everybody said exactly the same. But that is great when you know that it's going to come to an end very quickly. But um, I don't think that same feelings are quite the same right now. <laughs> but Martin was working bit from home before before Corona, or yes, he was. Issues? Yeah, no, he he was working from home just just for the last uh, about um, about seven or eight months uh, before COVID. And he was enjoying it. And it was fine for me because I was able to go off to Tel Aviv to my office. But of course, my office has been closed. So we were kind of like thrown together a little bit more. So he was uh, obviously established with the work from home scenario that everyone had to quickly get used to who didn't have that in place already. Yeah, he, he was totally he was fine with it. He thought he, it was great. You know, and I'd bring him a lunch over when I was home I bring him lunch over every day. And when I wasn't home, Kim this is before COVID of course Kim would bring him lunch and he would be fine and uh, yeah he liked it and he, he liked bringing people to the office and showing them the house and everything yeah he enjoyed it me personally I 
Well, mm, I prefer to go out. But anyway, so May the 4th, I went shopping, food shopping today and found it very stressful because everyone is wearing a mask. I hate it. Actually, when I walk past the Hertzlin Medical Center, you can't tell who's a patient and who's a doctor. That could be a bit of a problem, don't you think? Real treat this afternoon. I had a pedicure and waxing. Yippee! How amazing is that? Tonight was Libby, that's my granddaughter's, Zoom bat mitzvah. It was a real fun evening. I think Libby is being very good considering. She was so excited for this party, but unfortunately it wasn't to be, and she had to have a virtual party. I had never even heard of Zoom until the start of this pandemic. I don't know about you, Rob. Have you ever heard of Zoom? Well, funnily enough, I had been using it for some time in business, but the really? the explosion of it to do these um, simchas and parties and bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs or just regular family get-togethers was just an explosion. It, everyone suddenly had to become hugely digitally savvy on all of these things. And uh, our our, gra our grandmother, actually, grandmother-in-law, who's 94, Kalena Hora, as they say, yeah, became incredibly good at getting on Zoom and doing everything she needed to. Uh -huh. I call it the, the big digital transformation that you know, everyone had to get through this quickly. Wow, it, it, it has, has, been, has made a massive difference to all of us, really, hasn't it, this Zoom? Anyway, Martin, on May the 6th, Martin had a business meeting here. So I made him and the guys a really scrummy lunch. Martin, uh, oh, mummy is now on new antibiotics. She seems to follow a pattern. She gets sick and seems very distant. And then we give her antibiotics and she perks up again until the course is finished. Then after about a week, seems to be unwell again. It's a real worry. May the 7th, part two of Libby's bat mitzvah. And she had a challah bake. Poor girl, not quite the party she planned, but these are strange times. I had made my dough earlier, and of course, I angled the camera so no one could see that I was doing nothing, just looking at my dough. <laughs> I plattered it. I, I plattered it when everybody else did and should have baked it there and then. It was on a Thursday evening, but decided to wait till the morning it was, as it was quite late. Oops, big mistake. It kind of exploded all over the kitchen counter. And when I decided to try and bake what was left of it on Friday morning, it looked like pita bread and tasted like stale bread. I don't think I'll do, be doing that again. I'm not coming to you for challah, but just take me back into Libby's Zoom bat mitzvah. Um, first of all, my wife and daughter were there, Sarah and Dahlia, and they loved it and thought it was amazing. Um, but this was the first Simcha experience for you that was so different. You know, the, you know, you were, I know you've always been there and the parties and the fun and the build up. And how did that make you feel? I mean, this was the first one of, you know, potentially many. And, you know, we went to a few Zoom simchas over the past eight, nine months. But the first one is sort of bittersweet in many ways. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, I actually felt very sorry for her because Libby is a real party animal and she loves to sing and dance and do all the things that she does. And she's, she's full of life and full of personality and she's got a fabulous new dress and, you know, it was very exciting. And um, it, it was sad. She, I think what they did in London, what she actually did, which we obviously we weren't there. She did a um, drive by, a, people drove by to see her and they all dressed up and then, they had photographs taken. They did. They actually made the best out of a bad job. But she was only one of loads of girls. All every girl in her class had exactly the same experience. 
you know, it's um, it's sad and you can't get it back. You know, it's, it's no good saying, well, we'll do it again because, you know, once it's done, it's done. But she's she's taken it fairly good hearted and naturedly and, and realized that, you know what, it's this is just 10, 2020. You know, when she's got grandchildren, please God, and she retells the story, you know, at least she's got a different story of what her butt mitzvah exactly. looked like. Exactly. Okay, so now we get to May the 8th, and Martin decided this morning to invite some of his friends over for a lunchtime barbecue. So I was up very early preparing everything. Bear in mind, I still haven't got Kim, so I'm having to clean the house first. My God, we need to, Ellie have, Kim. We need to have Kim as a guest one week, make a guest appearance, because she is <laughs> featured in almost every episode, and she is literally a star, this woman. She is a star. She's probably one of the most important people in my life. <laughs> she can clean and I can't. I've got to tell you, she's amazing. She's amazing. I mean, oh, anyway. So Ellie cooked the meat. That's Martin's friend. And he's a very, very good barbecue. And I prepared all the salads. And with David's step-by-step -step instructions, uh, well, basically what happened was on, on, on that morning, I phoned my David and I said, David, um, I know that Angela, that's my daughter-in-law, has taught you how to make tajik, that fabulous Persian rice. Could you tell me how to do it? He said, no problem, mum. I'll FaceTime you now and we'll do it step by step. So he literally FaceTimed me and together we made this rice. So I thought, mm, should I tell Angela? I thought, well, go on then. So I sent her a message. I said, Ange, um, you're very pleased to know that, that I've made a tajik today. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's not going to be like yours. I'm not Persian, but... Um, so she was very impressed. Anyway, when it turned out perfectly, she was amazed, but not as amazed as I was. David was absolutely thrilled. And I put here on in my diary, actually, it looked very good. Not as good as Angela's, but then again, I'm not Persian. It wouldn't be, obviously, but still a very great first attempt. And as none of the guys who came are Persian, I guess they wouldn't know the difference between great Persian rice and my interpretation. Uh, and that reminds me of a story. Because it's not the first time you've had it to encounter the concept of Persian rice, is it, Karen? Oh, it is not. So when Yoni and Angela started going out, um, which is about um, 12, 30, yeah, about 12 and a half years ago, and they met, they had their first date, and Yoni comes home and says to me, oh, mum, it was really nice. She's a fabulous girl, and she's very beautiful, and she's very fabulous, and... Um, She's Persian, you know, her parents are Persian. I said, yes, I've, I've, heard, I've heard about her parents. Yeah, they're Persian, very nice. He said, and we talked a lot about food and, um, and she told me about the Persian rice that her mother makes. And I told her about, I told her, yes, well, actually my mum also makes Persian rice. So I said, what? Why would you tell her that? He said, well, you do. You make that rice that you put on the table sometimes and it's got shredded onions and carrots in it. And you tell me it's called Persian rice. I said, Johnny, it's not Persian rice. It's just, it's, I call it Persian rice, but it's not really Persian rice. You couldn't possibly have told a Persian girl that your mother, an Ashkenazi, makes Persian rice. It is not possible. He said, I did. I said, Johnny, how can I ever have her for dinner? I said, well, he said, well, I don't know. I said, well, just please, on your next date, tell her that your mother doesn't make, it's not Persian rice, it's just Momo rice. He said, right, okay, I will. So we cleared that up right from the start. Anyway, May the 10th was a very, very big day for me in May. After seven and a half weeks on my own, Kim returned. Du, du, du. Yeah. 
This deserves a page in its own right. It nearly did have a page in its own right. She came in, (laughs) said, let me make you a cup of tea. She said, no, it's fine. The house is already looking amazing. I think I can now admit that I'm a rubbish cleaner and Kim makes it all look so easy and so quick. I don't know why I made so much out of every single thing. Anyway, because because Kim came back, Martin and I went for a 5K walk on the beach. It was amazing. And then home for a Zoom workout with Roy. Everyone in the UK UK is totally fed up. They're still in lockdown. So I was feeling sorry for everybody. They, They really were struggling. Um, So on May the 11th, after a good workout this morning, I very daringly got in my car and I drove to the office in Tel Aviv. Wow, it's a bit surreal. Everyone is wearing masks and both Martin and I had our hair cut by Eitan and he insisted we wore masks all the time, even at the backwash. We look so much better. I hope we're not being irresponsible. It feels very naughty to be out and about, especially as the kids are still struggling in England. Um, May the 12th, fitness has become the most important thing for us right now. Walking in the mornings has made such a difference. And today we did 13,000 steps, seven and a half K. Shopping in the supermarket and super farm, I'll never get used to wearing a mask, but everyone is sticking to it, unlike the UK. Missing my kids so much. There is no way we can get there at the moment, which I hate. It makes me feel so trapped. May the 14th, still walking every day and getting fitter and fitter. And for the first time, Roy, that's our trainer, came to the house for a workout. Great to see him after all this time. This is almost like the the sort of the ups and downs of lockdown mapped out by when we could start to do things again or people could come back into our houses. You know, we had lockdown and, you know, poor Kim was out the house. And um, then, you know, Kim comes back, Roy comes back. And, you know, as we know, the the, the up and down roller coaster of the last year um, sort of represents when people were in and out of our lives in a physical way. Absolutely. And I mean, Roy coming to our house was an unusual thing anyway, because actually before um, COVID, we used to go to the gym and... Roy was our trainer at the gym, but obviously we had to, everything's had to adapt because of, because of COVID. And, and before that, we were doing it by Zoom. And now, at last, we can have a human being in our house. It, it's, it's, it's strange. It's, everybody's got this story to tell. That's why it's not unusual. But it's, it's, uh... Question for you, just more yeah. generically on diaries. Um, certainly, I, when I speak to my clients and we're talking about this like social media strategy, I always ask them to think through their day every day and try and just catalog moments that they have moments that could be used for marketing or telling stories around what they're doing how do you remember all of this Karen at the end of the day because lots happens what makes it into the diary what gets into the cut and how do you how do you I guess continually archive those moments that happen in your life well if there there are days when when I just sort of like say oh went shopping, went to the office, had a coffee, met so-and-so, saw this, do that, very, very briefly. And then there's other days when something meaningful happens, something really meaningful. And then I, I catalogue it properly and I, you know, I write how I felt about the situation. And that is what um, the kids will find very interesting to read one day, hopefully after I'm 120, um, where you know, they can actually see and read exactly how I felt about a situation. Like if, if say, 
you know, like one of them's got married or a baby's been born, how I felt on that day. I mean, it's, it's lovely to have, to have that to look, off, look, look at in the future. But honestly, on a daily basis, it's just sometimes it's a case of, oh, quickly, let me just get it all down. What did I do today? Oh, yes. The worst is because I don't write it on a Friday night. I, d- I, I save it up to the Saturday. So then I've got, um, I have to remember, I, Fridays are always the worst days in my diary because you don't, and, you know, I can't possibly remember by Saturday night what I actually did Friday if it was something meaningless like baked challah or something, which by the way, let me just tell you, my challah is excellent, you ask my kids. <laughs> it doesn't and always explode. No, it doesn't always explode. Although it's something that I never used to do every week. It's only since COVID that I started to do it because I couldn't get challah so easily. Um, couldn't get it delivered to me. I was always late or asking for a delivery. So um, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to make my own. And and now I do every week make my own. I think what's interesting, though, is when you mention, you know, how you felt and the moments that are the sort of more noteworthy ones. Um, I've yeah. seen a trend recently, actually. You might, you might have seen it on social media. But lots of people, especially, I think, because of COVID and because of the mental health impact or the reassessment of their lives are posting very publicly which is interesting I wouldn't necessarily maybe do it myself but publicly sort of gratitude lists you know what they're thankful uh, yes, for yes, and yes. what happened today or this week that was noteworthy and that I'm thankful for it's sort of that same same channel that same genre of people wanting to express themselves either publicly or in a private diary yeah, I think I actually I think that's okay. I think that's fine. I think that what's happened with COVID for me anyway, and I think a lot of people feel the same, is that we are grateful. We're very very grateful for first of all for not being very very sick. I mean, you know, I have a couple of friends who have been te- desperately ill with COVID, and hearing their stories is very very scary. And, and I think that they probably feel extremely grateful of just small things, breathing the air, being able to go for a walk um just being able to do what we want to do when we want to do it with you know it's just we haven't got our freedom i admit that we haven't got our freedom yes i would love to go to a restaurant wouldn't we all but i think we should we should be grateful for being able to breathe the air i mean it is easy to be grateful living in a place like israel i mean i had a walk this morning which was just superb superb the weather was divine and it was just beautiful Obviously, if you're living in colder places like England or wherever, you don't have that. But you still, they still, the kids can still go to the park and do things and and just get out and about. And I think we should be very grateful for for having that, just to be well enough to be able to do that sort of thing. Anyway, absolutely right. agreed. Well, back to the diary. Where are we up to? So we're up to May the fifteenth, which is a very important day because it's my Libby's birthday. Oh. She's twelve. Libby is twelve, and another long walk on the beach, home and and housework. Home and housework. Oh, it was a Friday. That's why. Yes. Um, why? What happens on a Friday? Where is Kim on a Friday? I've written here. Kim can't come on a Friday as the buses aren't running yet. So guess what? I've got my old job of cleaning rather half-heartedly, though, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the May the 16th is a, was a good day for me because I was so excited because Rachel and Avi have had a baby boy today. Uh, um, Avi is um, my my younger sister, my my sister Shelley, who sadly passed away. It's her younger son Avi, who's married to a lovely girl called Rachel, and they had a beautiful baby boy today. 
Um, Shelley would have been so proud. Mum sounded great when I spoke to her and was very excited about the new baby. May the 17th, life is really returning to normal here. We went to Ramataviv Mall shopping and it felt strange, but great to be out and about. It's a bit like watching the world wake up after a long sleep, but that's still not the case in the UK. I hope we're not doing things too quickly here. Makes me a bit nervous. Martin played cards for the first time in weeks tonight. So nice to see the boys again. He has, he has a, um, a group of boys that come around and they play cards and they have a lovely time. And, um, and, I, and I put here, and it was good to have a few hours to myself at last. Uh, May the 19th, Malky is 19. It's been such a hot week, like in the 40s, unbearable. And today was 42. Too hot to be out, really. But anyway, I went to Jerusalem. Firstly, to check on Tally and Zach's flat, which is fine, but very dusty. I just wish they could get married and come here soon. I then went to Mamilla and bought Martin his birthday present. And then to my lovely Mahne Yehuda. Wow, it was so great to be back. But it was so empty there. In fact, the streets of Jerusalem were so quiet. It was, it was terrible, terrible in May there. You know, really um, very upsetting. And Mahne Yehuda, I mean, it's like crowded all the time. Hardly anyone was there. Oh, really? Yeah. Very Even sad. Then, when we were sort of returning to almost yeah. normality again. I think people were nervous to go out and about. I think it takes time to, you know, to reestablish things. May the 24th. Martin is 72. How can that be? It seems like two minutes since we met and he was 22. <laughs> anyway, he had a great day. We, he had a fab birthday breakfast with presents. And of course, all the kids called and FaceTimed. We then went shopping. And then at 5 p.m., we had a fun barbecue evening. There was 18 of us. Not quite sure that's allowed, but we were in the garden and there was a great atmosphere. Ellie, of course, cooked the meat and I did loads of other food and everyone enjoyed themselves. We had music and rosé wine and the birthday boy was in heaven. Well, <laughs> I bet he was. A bit yeah, bit different to his 70th birthday which i was honored to be at and what a hell of a party but a, a small barbecue instead yeah well martin he needs you know he needs to have fun in his life and, and <laughs> after being ill and everything else and, and and i think i if i remember rightly feeling very guilty that we had 18 people around the table and when, when i told the kids they were like what what are you doing you can't have 18 people for dinner are you crazy but we did it anyway. Nobody got sick, thank God. And nobody was wearing a mask. And everyone ate loads and drank loads and listened to the music and they had fun. May the 27th. I think Nicola might need to have a hysterectomy. Feels so sad. She's so young and I'm stressing as I'm not with her, but hoping she can wait to, like, to have it until I can get there. Spent the day trying to make cheesecakes using mum's recipe, but nowhere near as good as hers. Guess what? We went out for dinner tonight, such a treat. The tables were socially distanced, but it was so nice to dress up and go out and be waited on. May the 28th, Shavuot tonight. Spent the day preparing the food, was on the phone to Nicola numerous times discussing the wedding. It's all so sad. I just pray that they can get married soon. Still, those kids are not married, Tally and Zach. It was so awful. How many weeks had passed since the failed um, attempt? Well, this is May the 28th when I wrote that. And uh, the wedding was um, supposedly on uh, March the... was around about the 19th or something. Oh, well, so it's 
you know, eight weeks, roughly. Yeah, a long time for kids to have to wait. And they kept on changing the rules in, in England that you can have this many people, that many people. And, you know, if you add the numbers up, if you have like um, a band member or a photographer, they're counted in the numbers that you can have at, at the wedding. It's not just the guests. Anyway, um, March 29th, Martin went to shul, but he really didn't enjoy it. Too many rules and he feels that it's lost its atmosphere. We had some friends over for lunch. It was so nice, just chilling in the garden and a nice milky lunch. They stay for ages. Uh, May the 30th, my Yoni is 36. My baby is not such a baby anymore. I'm so proud of his achievements. He's a great guy and I miss him so much. Sometimes it feels like a physical pain. Oh, yeah, it was hard. So now we're in June and just a brief catch up. I've been going to the dentist almost twice weekly, having loads of major treatments. But thank heavens, Solly, my dentist, is a great dentist and makes it bearable. Mum has been very up and down and has been on antibiotics again and is feeling much better. So we breathe again. And this is the last day of, uh, of, um, of this month that, that I'm going to talk about today. June the 4th, mum definitely much better today. Work out as per usual with Roy this, this morning. And then we had a Zoom Brit with Abby and Rachel and they have named their baby Netanyel. I went for a divine walk on the beach this afternoon. Just love it. Amazing. So another Simcha on Zoom. It's becoming a trend. Yes. And... And the, the one question I haven't asked you is, with Kim back, how were the baths cleaned? What was the story behind the baths, Karen, before we end this episode? We need to tell us. Okay, okay. So I have never cleaned a bath in my life. I didn't know how to do it. So I was chatting to Jala. Now, anybody who knows Jala Tishby will know that she's a beautiful, beautiful woman, very glamorous. She has a, she's just beautiful in every way, inside and out. And when she's, I was talking to her about cleaning and I said to her, Jala, I don't even know how to clean a bath. She said to me, darling, I'll tell you how to clean a bath. It's so easy. <laughs> yes, Jala. She said, first of all, you have to get in the bath. I said, what do you mean get in the bath? You can't get in the bath. I'm not getting, she says, yes, you have to take your shoes off and you get in the bath. I said, no, hold on a minute. Just shoes. Now she didn't answer me when I said that. So my vision was Jala standing starkers in the bath, cleaning it. She's telling me how you scrub it down one side and then you swill it out and you do this and you do that. And I'm thinking, no. I said, Jala, I'm sorry, my love. I am not getting in the bath with or without clothes on to clean it. I'm sorry. And I can't believe you do it. Oh, darling, you can do it. You can be just as good as me and clean the bath. Well, I believe it because I, I happen I to know... I happen to know who Jala is. And, you know, this is a very elegant lady, you know, royalty-like, always perfectly, immaculately dressed and her hair beautifully set. I don't believe a word that this lady loves cleaning. Trust me, her house is immaculate. She's fantastic. Not only is she a fabulous cook, which I don't know whether you must have heard, her food is legendary, but she's also her, she's very good at cleaning. Yeah? She, I've seen her. I've seen her in Andrew and Yoni's house. She, I'm the one that's sort of uh, umming and ahhing, and she's up there with her marigold gloves on, cleaning away. Uh, yeah, she's special. So Jala and Kim maybe could be guests for a special cleaning tips episode. Yes, I could. I'm sure Jala would love to do that. She would. She would love to. <laughs> Kim, 
Kim would be thrilled, I'm sure. Very good. Well, that wraps up another episode of Karen's COVID Diaries. Thank you, Karen, for another interesting insight into your world. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week.